I'm Jack Draper. Shout out to Quality Shot Tennis. Hey guys and welcome back to the channel. It's another preview and prediction video and we have a blockbuster matchup to get through. Carlos Alcaraz versus Alexander Zverev. A replay of the Madrid final last year and of course a replay of the Roland Garros matchup from last year as well. Alcaraz destroyed him in Madrid in that Madrid final but Zverev got revenge at Roland Garros beating him in the end in four sets and that was a really, really important match we know Everyone expected Alcaraz to come out on top, but Zverev showing his skill and also his experience in that one. So this match now, round of 16 match in Madrid this year is going to be intriguing, especially given the fact that Zverev has been playing some really good tennis the last couple of matches as well after having a pretty let's say, interesting 2023, not what he would have been hoping for at all. For Alcaraz, it's been a pretty good start to the year, although he was injured at the Australian Open, so wasn't able to participate there. Before we get into it, though, remember to that like button. Do subscribe if you are new, and also do leave a rating or review if you're listening on a podcast platform. On top of that, thank you to our members. You guys are legends. You genuinely are. Really appreciate your support, of course. And if you do want to support the channel, you can do so by hitting that join button as well. Uh, and also, if you're listening on a podcast platform, you can also contribute to the channel as well. Uh, it just means that you guys are going to get a continually better and better and better content each time uh, we release um, our bits and bobs. So thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, so what I will say is this is going to be a really interesting match um, for some of the reasons why I mentioned before and what we're going to do is we're going to talk about their current form and then we're going to talk about their head-to-heads the matches between the two and then I'll talk about technically and tactically how I think the match is going to potentially play out and what each player might try and utilize to take advantage of their opponent's perceived weaknesses and ultimately I'll give you guys my prediction so Let's get into their current form then. So Carlos Alcaraz has played some really good tennis. Uh, he won Barcelona last year, uh, last week, sorry, even. I was about to say last year. He did win it last year as well. Um, did he? Yeah, he did. He did win it last year. Um, but he, yeah, he defended his title in Barcelona, which is great. And then in Madrid, he beat Rusevori in three sets. That was a little bit hairy, I have to say. Didn't play in my opinion, didn't play particularly good tennis in that match. He really didn't. He turned it on in the last set, but his forehand was all over the place for large parts of that match. Um, his unforced error count on that side was just horrific. And it just seemed like he wasn't quite timing the ball very well on that side, to be perfectly honest with you. And uh, it was definitely a match to forget, probably, for Alcaraz. Rusevori served really well, I have to say. And that's something that Zverev... If I was Zverev, I would look at that Rusevori match and think, what was he doing well? Because he's not too dissimilar in style to Zverev, in all honesty. A very solid baseline game, big server, uh, doesn't mind coming forward as well and volleying, and has pretty has a pretty good engine, is able to get around uh, the court pretty well as well. Good athleticism, and you'd say Zverev is, probably, is a level up from Rusevori at least. So that was an interesting match, but Alcaraz in the end came through it, as champions do. And then against Dimitrov, a much better display, you'd say, one six two seven five in that one. And looking here, 16 winners to four unforced errors. That's a much better, much, much better return. Whereas against Rusevori, now, of course, that was three sets. 
he was at 36 winners uh, to, you know, 10 unforced errors. Not really sure how correct that is in all honesty, but unforced errors are very, very subjective, I think, is what we've we found out in the last few months anyway, considering what happened in that Rublev uh, Runa match where there's there's a massive discrepancy, I think. Uh, so what I would say though is Alcaraz has been playing some good tennis. He, I think he played well against Dimitrov from what I saw as well. Rusevori, you know, one to forget, but he's now kind of into the groove of things. For Zverev, he has looked pretty good as well. Now he lost to O'Connor in Munich in his first round match, which would have been really disappointing. Uh, given that he was playing at home. He does say and has said as well in the past that he does struggle to play at home with an expectation. That's a little bit of a red flag to me in honesty, but some players handle it in different ways, so we'll forget about that for now. He lost to Medvedev and Monte Carlo uh, before that in three sets. Should have won that match. He had multiple opportunities to do so. Now, his first round match in Madrid, he played Carabeas Bayana. Uh, Carabas Biena took the first set in a tiebreaker, but then Zverev on 7-5-6 love bageled him in the third set. And he carried that similar form from that third set into the match against Hugo Grenier, beating him 6-1-6 love. So a breadstick and a bagel to boot. Now, I am a little bit excited by that, but I'm also going to take these results with a bit of a pinch of salt because of the caliber of opponent. Now, Hugo Grenier, He's ranked 128 in the world. So, yes, impressive that he breadsticked and bageled him, but that doesn't mean that he's going to go into the Alcaraz match and suddenly bagel Alcaraz. So, I think we need to just maybe, you know, let's be a little bit sensible about how we think about this match. But what it does mean is, in my opinion, that Zero is going into this match with a huge amount of confidence. And he would have also, as I said, looked at that Rusevori match and thought, okay, I can take a lot of confidence from this. And the Biggest thing for me, the biggest positive from that Grenier match, which to be fair has, well, the majority of the factors when it comes to serving aren't really affected by your by the returner too much. It's more about yourself and how, how many first serves you're able to make and how you're executing it. He carried that out to perfection against Hugh Grenier. First serve percentage of 86%. 88% of first serve points won and 50% of second serve points won. And that's a really good return. Four aces and only one double fault. Always good to see. 25 winners, five unforced errors. And this is the stat that I think is really important. And I do think he needs to utilize this against Alcaraz. And we'll talk about it in a bit more depth in a second. 17 out of 20 net points won. 85%. So that's coming to the net 20 times in that match against Hugo Grenier. I think he needs to do something similar against Alcaraz, who's a completely different level and caliber. But if we're talking about how Zverev needs to try and make Alcaraz feel uncomfortable and how he's going to be able to win this match, I think that is going to have to be a factor is his net play. Now, let's then talk about their head-to-head. So Zverev had actually never lost to Alcaraz, although they'd only played each other twice before uh, that Madrid match. And uh, he beat him in Acapulco in 2021. And in Vienna, both straight set wins on hard courts. Then in Madrid, Alcaraz absolutely dismantled him. Now, I think we need to take that, not with a pinch of salt, but we need to maybe realize that he was coming off a massive high after beating Nadal and Djokovic back-to-back. Then he came to Zverev. Now, Zverev is definitely, sorry, Sasha Zverev, but you're definitely a step down from Djokovic and Nadal. 
And Alcaraz, I think, just found it easy, to be honest with you, after playing such a high level. And he beat him 6-3, 6-1, really easy. Also, Zverev played a really tough match as well the night before, uh, which you know wouldn't have helped Zverev, I don't think, in that um, in that sense. And you know that's one of those things that you know he he would have struggled, and that's understandable to say the least. And he did complain about it after. Zverev, they then faced each other in the quarterfinals of Roland Garros, and Zverev won six four six four four six seven six nine seven in that tiebreaker. Now that's pretty tight, right? That's pretty tight, but it's still a very, very good win to have over him. And he came to the net 43 times in that match. Uh, and yes, only 56% uh, was success rate, sorry, even. Only 56% success rate, but I think it was the right move. Uh, 39 winners to 34 unforced errors. Alcaraz at 46 winners to 56 unforced errors. Um, both players come to the net a lot, trying to be aggressive and be proactive. Right, okay, so how does this play out then? So we talked a little bit about uh, their form so far and also their head-to-head. So how does this match play out in this Madrid round of 16 clash? So there's a few things that I think need to happen for Zverev to win, and let's talk about that first. Zverev needs to be serving like he did against Grenier. If he does, he gives himself a really good, really good chance because we know Madrid definitely rewards big servers because of the altitude. Yes, it's a clay court, but the ball still does zip through. Um, it's still not going to be and play like the Australian Open, for example, but the altitude does help the big servers. So if you're Zverev, you're thinking, well, okay, I've had a really good serving day against Grenier. Let's try and keep that. And not only try and keep that, but also hit my spots uh, and make sure that I'm backing up my serve well. He needs to try and keep the points short on his serve. He really does. Getting dragged into longer rallies against Alcaraz is not a good idea, in my opinion. And the reason why I say that is, yes, Zverev generally has a pretty good shot tolerance, um, I would say. But Alcaraz not only does... If we're talking about an Alcaraz who's playing, you know, a good level of tennis uh, that, you know, we become accustomed to seeing not only is his shot tolerance good but he's able to step it up very quickly and the problem with Zverev in my opinion when it comes to these longer rallies is in a lot of instances he isn't clinical and he tends to get then comfortable in cross-court exchanges um, hitting very loopy ground strokes and the against most players you can get away with it because they won't be able to hurt you too much and Zverev's defense is quite good for the most part but Alcaraz is very, very clinical in these types of situations and he will attack as soon as he gets the first opportunity to. And that will hurt Zverev because despite Zverev being a good defender, you can't defend against someone with the type of firepower that Alcaraz has consistently and successfully uh, you know, throughout the whole match. Like it's just, it's just not doable. And Alcaraz, what he will do um, Especially with Zverev, he tends to hit this very loopy forehand down the line, which you'll see because um, he's trying to target the opponent's backhand. Alcaraz will run around that and he'll hit into out forehand or into in forehand and he'll hurt Zverev big time. He'll hurt him big time in those exchanges. So he needs to be careful, Zverev. The one thing that I will say in terms of an exchange that I don't mind Zverev going longer in is the backhand to backhand because he has an elite two-handed backhand. He definitely has uh, an elite backhand. And 
I kept on saying about Alcaraz struggling against players with elite backhands, and that was Djokovic and Zverev. And then we talk about a one-hander in Massetti, and then we talk about another two-hander in Sinner, and those are the losses he had last year. Those are the, those are the losses, right? So, also lost to Nadal. He's a lefty. You know, I think we, we know why he lost to him as well. Nadal um, knows Alcaraz's game. But let's just say Zverev has a big advantage in that. That is the probably, you know, I'd say the serve and the backhand are the two big advantages that Zverev has over Alcaraz. And he needs to utilize those as much as possible. He needs to make sure that he really bangs the drum with those two assets that he has. The serve has to be on point. And his backhand needs to be on point as well. He needs to be pummeling the Alcaraz backhand and making sure that he drags him into those exchanges backhand to backhand. And then he needs to be he needs to be the one being proactive on the backhand down the line. Because his backhand down the line, when it's firing, is a real indicator that Zverev is playing really good tennis. And it's a very good backhand down the line as well. And even though Alcaraz, generally speaking, is very good defensively, Zverev does have the firepower in those types of uh, scenarios to win points, uh, induce errors from Alcaraz, or even hit winners as well. So I think he needs to be very confident in those exchanges and make sure that he gets a lot of um, chances to attack on that wing. I think in the forehand to forehand, he's going to struggle in honesty, because I just think Alcaraz, for the most part, even though actually in some matches Alcaraz's backhand is more consistent, it's not as hurtful. It's not really as much of a weapon. But the forehand is. And that's where Zverev is going to have issues because his forehand cross, Zverev's that is, he can find good angles. He can find some decent depth, but it's not really, it doesn't really penetrate through the court. And on a clay court, he does get away with it a little bit because he puts a lot of topspin on the ball, so it kicks up. So, uh, you know, it doesn't sit up as much as it would on other surfaces where it's just, you know, it's just such an attackable ball, but it's still attackable on this surface for someone like Alcaraz who doesn't mind taking the ball on the rise. And that's where Zverev needs to be careful because he gets stuck in that exchange and he's in big, big trouble, in my opinion. Um, he needs to try and get out of that ASAP. Whether that means trying to go forehand on the line, and I know, as I said, it is a bit loopy, but maybe, maybe Alcaraz hits a backhand Maybe it's not a backhand, but if he hits a backhand, he might go backhand line trigger behind Zverev. Then Zverev could be in trouble because despite being very good uh, generally in terms of his movement, given that he's, what, six foot six, trying to double back and change direction in that way <laughs> with someone with such big limbs, it's not easy. Um, and he could be wrong-footed a few times in those exchanges as well. So he talks... We've talked quite a lot in depth about the ground stroke exchanges and how those might play out. And uh, let's quickly talk about net play and then we'll finish off on serve and return. So I do think it's important that Zverev comes to the net. And yes, he needs to be calculated as to when he does come to the net. Um, I think approaching the forehand is probably not the, in my opinion anyway, the way to go with this tactic because Alcaraz we've seen hit some incredible passing shots on both wings, but especially the forehand side and even on the forehand side on the run. Um, and yes, the backhand he's able to do it as well, but not to the same degree from what I've seen uh, because on the forehand side, he tends to be able to whip it down the line if needed um, almost desperately, but it ends up being an incredible shot in the end. 
On the backhand side, I think he can get more success where um, he needs to hit a good approach, though. It can't be a safe approach because he'll be a sitting duck. And then he needs to be clinical at the net with his volleys. Um, I've tended to notice that Zverev isn't the best at finishing off points at the net at the first time of asking. He needs two or three volleys. Now, generally speaking, that isn't always a massive issue. But I think it's an issue when the chance is there to finish off for the first volley. And if you're not being clinical there, that's when you can then get hurt, right? So he needs to be careful in those instances. And um, I would say that he should utilize a drop volley. Um, he might utilize a drop shot a little bit as well, which I don't think is a bad choice against Alcaraz, especially if he's able to push him back in the exchanges. But I think he does need to come forward. He does. He needs to try and be proactive. I think Zverev is at his best when he's being proactive and trying to be a bit more aggressive. The Zverev that is safe and is happy to just sit back and try and force the opponent to make errors or try or, or waiting for the opponent to make errors, sorry, even, is not a Zverev that I personally think will win a slam. The Zverev that I can see winning a slam is one being very proactive, coming forward a lot, uh, and trying to make things happen. And I do think by coming to the net, it gives him a sense of purpose and also intent and attacking attempt, which I think is important. He's got good hands. He's got good enough hands in the net. He came to the net a lot against in his previous match against Grenier. I think he needs to do the same against Alcaraz. And also, if he's going to hit a really good kick serve, why not come to the net? We've seen a lot of the younger players do it, like Alcaraz and Sinner, etc. I don't see why Zverev can't do that. I think he's got a good enough kick serve. And I also think he's good enough to transition to the, to the net, sorry, even and finish off at the net. I genuinely do. Uh, for Alcaraz, I've talked a lot about Zverev um, and his net play. I mean, Alcaraz is going to come to the net. It's naturally part of his game on any surface. And he will serve and volley at times. He will come forward. Um, he'll try. He'll hit a lot of drop shots. Zverev needs to be careful in the sense that the other thing about hitting those very loopy and slow ground strokes is that it sits up and Alcaraz can then hit a lot of drop shots. And Zverev is on the defensive and two, three meters behind the baseline. He tends to be very much behind the baseline in some instances more than I think he should be. He's a tall guy. I don't see why he can't take the ball a bit early on the baseline at times and try and be more proactive. I get that if you feel like you're in a defensive situation, you need to be behind the baseline. But in instances where we're at neutral, He's two or three meters behind the baseline and he's taking the ball lower than like, he's not taking it early at all, really. And I guess I get on the clay, you can maybe get away with it at times, but against Alcaraz, you want to get as many advantages as possible. And I don't feel like that is one um, by standing that far back if you're Zverev, in my opinion. And also, what it means that you become very susceptible to the drop shot, which is exactly what Alcaraz is so good at doing. He's got arguably the best drop shot on tour, uh, or the Fazan special, as I like to call it. Um, but yeah, that, that's a little bit about the net play. Okay, serve return dynamic, and let's wrap it up because it's gone on longer than I was anticipating. So apologies. Alcaraz, Alcaraz's serve is an interesting one. It's definitely not the finished article, and he does turn it on at times. And he has been hitting some aces in Madrid and trying to hit his spots, and that's great. On the ad side, it's not safe, but he does try to be economical on that side and hit a lot of kick serves to the backhand, even on first serve, um, but then try and finish off the points in the net. So you, you won't see a lot of aces from that side um, or 
a lot of unreturnables even at times, but you might see a lot of shorter points where he's trying to finish off the point, either going into him with the forehand or coming to the net. And that's fine. I think Zverev needs to try and take advantage there because he knows what's coming. It's going through the kick serve to the back and on the ad side. Mentally prepare yourself and try and go hard and angled with that backhand and make it awkward for Alcaraz. Try and make him change up his game plan on that side. Um, make him have to hit variety and that might mean that you get more second serves. Why not, right? If you're Zverev, you need to be more... He's a very good returner, Zverev. Very good. Um, and I think he needs to be on the spectrum of returning. I think he needs to be on the more attacking side here um, and be more proactive. And especially on the juice side and on the forehand side, it tends to be very loopy. That's okay on the first serve, to be fair. On the second serve, Alcaraz has got a pretty good kick serve for second serve as well, in honesty. But Zverev is a tall guy. And especially on the backhand side, he's very comfortable taking his shoulder height. So he just needs to make sure that he is getting as much as possible from the return without making mistakes. So pushing and pushing and pushing to get as much of an advantage as possible in return without hitting a lot of unforced errors. Uh, and he'll know the balance and he'll have to gauge it, but it's important, I think, that he does that. It's really important, I think, that he isn't safe on return. He isn't super safe on return and just goes very slow down the middle. At times, if it's a great serve, then fine. But if it's not and he has the time or he has the position, has the ability to change direction, try and get Alcaraz on the stretch, then he needs to try and take advantage because Alcaraz is a very good returner in his own right. Now, Zverev serves extremely, has been streaming very well, sorry, has been serving very, very well recently. But that's not to say that his first serve percentage might not drop down below to 50% from 88% from the last match. And that's very possible. Zverev needs to make sure that he is serving well, but also returning as well. Now, in on a clay court, breaks of serve are pretty common. In Madrid, not as much, but it's still... A factor, so he needs to be careful in those in in this dynamic. He really does. Um, for Alcaraz as well, I think he needs to be careful because you know Zverev, as I said, very accomplished returner. He needs to be a bit creative. Coming to the net is a good ploy, but he needs to make sure that he's not being really predictable. Zverev actually figured that out quite well. The French Open matchup that they had, that Alcaraz is going to do that. Now the courts are not as quick at the French Open, but what he did Zverev very well is say, okay, I know I'm starting to read and anticipate when he's going to come to the net, and he hit some really good returns, very low over the net, that made it very, and very hard over there with a lot of pace, that made it very difficult for the volleys for Alcaraz. Now, I would argue that the Madrid courts actually suit Zverev more than the Ronan Garros uh, courts that's in this matchup. So this is a really, really interesting one. It really is. Uh, in terms of results, I think it's going to be close. I do think it's still hard to go against Alcaraz, but I actually wouldn't be surprised if Zverev wins this one, in all honesty. Just because, as I said, I think the Madrid courts actually... I don't know. Do they, they favor Al they favor Zverev's serve? Maybe it favors Alcaraz's general game more because everyone tends to think that he's best on a slow hardcore or a fast clay court then, right? Because they kind of play similar. Uh, so I'm going to go Alcaraz in three sets. 
but a very, very tight match, and I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if Zverev wins. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if Alcaraz blows him away either. I can't see Zverev blowing him away, but I can see a tight match. I think that's going to happen. So let me know your thoughts in the comment section below, and apologies for it going a bit longer. If you've managed to stay with us till the end, drop a like, uh, make sure you subscribe if you're new as well, and we'll see you on the next video. Thank you very much.